Well, welcome to RUF. I, I am so glad that you that you are here. Um, I, I was telling Arnes, I feel I feel more excited than I have all semester to be on a Zoom large group, and I feel like more sad than I have to be on a Zoom large group. So I, I want you to know that that I see you. I'm I'm so delighted to see your faces, and as you're as you're sitting with friends or those of you who are who are sitting in a room by yourself. Uh, trying to connect with God, trying to connect with this community in, in a really hard circumstances. I, I want you to know that I see you and that God sees you, and I, I love you for it. And uh, I'm really, I'm really glad to have this, this shared time together. Uh, Jesus says, "When two or more are gathered in my name, there I will be among them," and, and that is true right now. So I, I want to tell you that um, we are halfway through February, almost. We are almost halfway through February. We need things to celebrate. I'm celebrating that, and I think if we can get through February, we're, we're going to make it. Um, so. Hang in there. Um, we are continuing the series that we've been in, in, the, in the parables of Jesus, in the stories that Jesus tells. And specifically, we're looking at the stories that Jesus tells about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And, and we're looking at these because we are people of story, that we live stories out, that we tell stories, we identify in our story. But our stories are in disarray. Our stories are in chaos. Our stories are broken. And our stories only start to make sense when we see them in the light of the story that Jesus tells. And so that's why we're looking at these, at these stories. And we talked last week about the parable of the, of the sower and, and the seeds, part of which is, is this really challenging section at the end, which names this reality, this mystery about the kingdom that seems to be secret. It seems to be hidden that some people will see it and they'll understand it and some people won't. And, the, and the, the passage that we're going to look at tonight, it, it gives some shape to that mystery. And this is a passage you, you won't hear in, this, in these verses, the phrase, kingdom of God. Uh, but it's right in the midst, right sandwiched between two parables that, that do say that. So this is very much talking about the kingdom of God and this mystery of what the kingdom is all about. So we're going to put it up on, string, uh, on the screen, or if you want to look it up, the, the passage tonight is Mark, Mark 4. Verses 21 to 25. I'll read it. Please read along with me. And he, that's Jesus, said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is God's word. It's absolutely true. He gives it to us because he loves us. Let me pray, and we'll jump into it. Father, I am thankful for this time, and we need you. We need you to reveal yourself more to us, and so that's my prayer that through your word, by the power of the Spirit, right now you'd be at work showing yourself to us, showing us your great love so that we might know you and love you more and love one another. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. There are a lot of secrets in my house in the, in the weeks leading up to Christmas. Uh, and and I, have, I have four daughters, if, if you've met any of my family, and, and so uh, Santa's workshop is a very busy place, and Santa's workshop is, is the closet in Maggie and I's bedroom. And, and I'll just say this, I don't know if any of my kids are, are on the Zoom call, but um, due to the, the, you know, the, the modern logistics realities and the uh, eagerness of some parents, we, we have a very collaborative relationship with Santa. So he knows about this. It's all good. Um, but but our, 
our closet gets uh, very full in these weeks of you know packages and bags and like weird shaped things that are covered in sheets so that you can't like even get into the closet to get a pair of socks without going through some kind of effort. And, and at some point in these weeks leading up to Christmas, our kids, they start to notice that there's weird stuff going on in the closet. And, and so we have to tell them like, no, under no circumstances can you go in mom and dad's closet. It is, it is top secret, it is code red classified. No, I cannot tell you what's going on. No, I cannot confirm that that thing that looks like a scooter under a beach towel is a scooter. Like I cannot talk about it, it's top secret. But it doesn't stay a secret. It doesn't stay a mystery. It doesn't stay hidden. Because like, like all of you or like many of you, on Christmas morning, we celebrate the coming of the light of the world by giving and receiving gifts. And so over the course of the morning, everything that was hidden is revealed. Everything that is a secret is made known. Everything that was wrapped is, is opened. So that by 10 or 11 o'clock, there's, there's no more secrets left in the house. And that is how the kingdom of God works, according to this passage. Because the kingdom of God is secret. It is hidden. It is a mystery, but it is not a mystery that is intended to stay a mystery. It's a mystery that is intended to be revealed, and in fact, that is revealed in Jesus Christ. And so what we're going to see today is, is some aspects of the way that this secret is unwrapped and opened to you and to me through Jesus. So we're going to look at three unveiled realities of this mysterious kingdom of God. We're going to look at the proclamation of the kingdom of God. We're going to look at the process of the kingdom of God. And we're going to look at the promise of the kingdom of God, okay? The proclamation, the process, and the promise. So, so first, the, the proclamation of the kingdom. And, and verse 21, which uh, it, it may not be a memory verse for you, but if you grew up in a Christian family or in a church, I know not everyone on this call is a Christian, but if you, if you did grow up in that uh, you're familiar with this idea from the song, This Little Light of Mine, This Little Light of Mine, I'm Gonna Let It Shine. We get this in verse, verse 21 of Mark 4. You know, hide it under a basket. No. No, I'm gonna let it shine. Thank you, Dolph, right? Um, but the story of Jesus here, uh, you know, it's, it's really simple. It's really short. This is a one-sentence story. He says, if you have a lamp, and, and think, you know, oil lamp, not an electric lamp, all right? This is 2,000 years ago. He says, if you have a lamp, something that gives light, you don't hide it away. You don't put it under a basket. You don't hide it by a piece of furniture. You, you put it up on a stand so that it can illuminate the darkness of wherever you are. And the lamp in this story represents, you know, not something in us that we are supposed to let shine. It represents Jesus. And you got to remember, if you were on this call last week, we talked about the sower and the seed. And the thing that the sower is sowing is the word and that Jesus is the word. He is the living word. He is the word made flesh. And Jesus is also called the light of the world. That's how he describes himself. Jesus is the one uh, who is the light shining in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The, the light that was the life of men. And, and this simple story is proclaiming that Jesus is the king who has come to reveal his kingdom to the world. That's the proclamation of the kingdom, that it is like a light up on a stand. It is here to make it known to everyone that the king has come. It's a mystery that's been revealed in the person of Jesus, who is God and man. 
and who's been set out like on a stand. He hasn't come to slink in the shadows. He's come to make himself known and to make his kingdom known, okay? And the reason I'm saying this is because you may feel like you don't totally understand God. You may feel like there's aspects of this idea of the kingdom of God, this rule and reign of Jesus, of love and truth and mercy and justice that you don't understand. And there are aspects of that that we can never understand because God is so much bigger and so much more than our brains can comprehend. But we do know who the king is. We know who the king is because he was born as a human child in a barn. We know who the king is because he came preaching the good news of the gospel of forgiveness because God loves his people. We, we, we know who the king is because he healed the sick and comforted the brokenhearted. We, we know who the king is because he allowed himself to be led to the cross and killed the death that we deserve, and rose again from the dead, conquering sin and death to, to raise us to a living hope. We know who Jesus is, the King, because he's ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, right now enthroned as the King of heaven and earth. That's the proclamation of the kingdom, is that there is a King, and he has come to make the kingdom known. He's come to make God known. And, and in a year like we're having... I. If you're like me, it's easy to kind of look around at COVID and all the, all the disappointments and frustrations. And I, I know you're tired of all those disappointments and frustrations. And I know they keep happening. And I, I'm, I'm tired of them too. And when we come to times like that, it's easy to, to ask, like, where is God? Like, what are, where is this, you know, abundant life that, uh, that people, Christians have been telling me I'm supposed to have if I follow Jesus? Like, what has Jesus done for me this year? And, and this light says, don't just look around right in your little circumstances. Look to the lamp on the sand. Look, to Je- look what Jesus has done in his death and resurrection. Look at the way Jesus has loved you. Look at the way Jesus has saved you. The proclamation of the kingdom is that a king has come and is Jesus, and he came to save us. That's the proclamation of the kingdom. Secondly, tonight, we, we see the process of the kingdom. And uh, the, the reason that we know that the kingdom is, is, a, is not intended to stay a secret is because Jesus says so in verses 22 and 23. He says this. He says, For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Nothing is secret except to come to light. It comes as a secret, but it's intended to be revealed. And we have to understand that sentence within the context of not just this story, but of the whole story of the Bible. And the Bible really is a story. And in that larger story, in the very beginning, the first thing that ever happens is that God speaks. He makes himself heard. He reveals his voice and his will. And, and he creates the, the heavens and the earth. And in Psalm 19, it says this, that the heavens declare the glory of God, the sky proclaims his handiwork. That even the creation is, is the act of revealing who God is. And then the, the pinnacle of creation is, is man and woman, Adam and Eve, who the Bible says are made in the image of God. And there's so much you could say about that phrase and that idea, but part of what it means for our purposes here is that in the way that God made us, it it illuminates some of what God is like himself. That even we are revealing what God is like in the best parts of us, in in the beauty of humanity, in the power of the love that humans can have and share. 
And, and then God makes himself known to Adam and Eve. He, he walks in the garden with them. And all throughout the story, you see this pattern, this process of God revealing himself. When his people are in slavery, he reveals himself to Moses in the burning bush. And then when he leads his people out of Egypt, he reveals himself to, to them as a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night to guide them and protect them. And then they go to Mount Sinai and he reveals the law to them. And the law in the Old Testament, the, these, these, these rules and requirements are not just things we have to do to stay in line. The law always reveals the heart of the lawgiver. And the prophets in the Old Testament, again and again, they reveal God's word. They show us what God wants for us. They show us what he is like. They call us to a life of holiness in line with him. And Hebrews 1 says that the fullness of this revelation, of this process of revealing, is the coming of Jesus. That is the process that, that, that God is about. That's what the story is about. That's what, that's what a guy named Chris Wright says is sort of the, the main mission of God is to reveal himself to his people. And this process of God to reveal himself is still happening. It's happening through God's people who are united to Christ and connected and spread in communities all over the world. That's what the church is that through those communities, God is still revealing himself to the world, and that even right now, this process is unfolding. That the reason that you go to church and listen to a sermon or come to RUF and listen to me talk is because we actually believe that through God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit, he's making himself known right now. The process of the kingdom is that Jesus is making himself known to us because he wants you to know him. He delights to be known by you. And, and, and the comfort here is to realize that uh, for, for Christianity, there's not like varsity and junior varsity Christians. There's not people who are like way ahead or way behind. And, uh, you know, if you're like me, when I, when I look at a, a picture of faces, I kind of am automatically comparing myself to everybody. And I'm thinking, okay, these people are like more mature than me and they're really solid. I wish I was like that. I'm so glad I'm more solid than this person in this corner over here. I won't say who I'm talking about. And the, the good news for us is that we're all in process. That if you're walking with Jesus, you are in the right place. And he is, he is bringing himself to you. He is revealing his will and his love and his grace in your life on his timing and in his way and on his terms. And that is good news for you because you need him and because he loves you. The proclamation of the kingdom is that Jesus is the king and the process is that Jesus is revealing himself to us. Lastly, tonight we see the promise of this mysterious kingdom from verses 24 and 25. I'm going to read these again because it's just a challenging section to understand. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And the promise here is sort of an invitation and a warning all at the same time. And, and here, here it is, okay? Here's the promise. The promise is that if you look for the kingdom of God, you will find it. It's a promise. If you look for the kingdom of God, you will find it. The warning, the flip side of this, is that if you are not looking for the kingdom of God, you will stray further and further away from it. He says, uh, with the measure you use, it will be used to you. It, it means that the attitude that you have, that you bring to the table, determines your experience of God and his kingdom. And this says, for the one who has, 
more will be added. The one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. The one who has will get more. If you're looking for God, you'll, you'll find more and more of him. He'll reveal more and more of himself to you. You'll experience the love and the truth and the mercy and the justice of his kingdom more and more in your life and in the life of the people around you. But if you're not looking for that, if you're, if you're seeking after your own kingdom, you'll get it. And you'll fall further and further uh, away from God and from his kingdom. And, and when we get to teaching like this and, and on a hard promise like this, it tends to, tends to raise questions about things like free will and God's sovereignty and like who is responsible for my relationship with Jesus and my salvation? Is it, is it me or is it Jesus? And that's part of the mystery of God. I, I hope you're wrestling with that. I hope it's a question you wrestle with in your, in your small groups this week. But it's really clear from what Jesus is saying that part of this, that although part of this mystery remains, our response to Jesus matters. Our response, what we do matters. My, my favorite verse uh, during COVID, the thing that I've come back to again and again is from Matthew 7, 7. It's uh, from the Sermon on the Mount. It's where Jesus says, seek and you will find, ask and you will be answered, knock and it will be open to you. It, it's, it's the same idea. It's the same promise. It's the promise that when you look for God, when you try to find him, he says, you will find me. That is that is the promise. Because Jesus did not come to be kept a secret. He came to be like a lamp on a stand to be revealed to all who would look at him. That's the promise of the kingdom. And so I think the question for you and me tonight is, do you want to see more of Jesus or do you not? Do you want to see more of Jesus? Do you want his kingdom to be more and more revealed in and, in and through you? And your response matters because if you answer yes, you will see more of Jesus. Your response matters because if you say yes, you will be called, like Jesus said, to repent of your sins and turn towards him. Your response matters because it will require you to, to turn away from the things that the world says are, are the most important. Because the, the, there's a competing kingdom here of the world. And the, and the world tells you that you know, political dominance is true power, and that promiscuity is true freedom, and then wealth and success is, is true joy. That you can split your loyalties between God and other things. That if we can just get through COVID, we'll be in like the promised land. That's how we think about it, right? Do you want to see more of Jesus? Your response matters. And, and I'll say this too, a, an intellectual response is not enough. Because like I've, like I've said every week, he invites you to his kingdom on his terms. And his terms are all or nothing. His terms are, I want all of you. I don't want just your thoughts. I don't want just part of your life. I want your imagination. I want your body. I want your future. I want your money. And, and you can trust him because this king who calls you, he calls you with words of love. He calls you with kindness. He calls you with gentleness. He calls you with, with the true joy and peace that passes understanding. And so I wonder if he might be inviting some of us tonight, maybe for the first time, to say, yes, I want to be all in with this Jesus, with this King. I wonder if he might in, be inviting some of us tonight to say, this sin I've been struggling with, I'm going to repent. I'm going to tell a friend. I'm going to get accountability. 
I wonder if you might be inviting some of us tonight to, to decide that we're going to give ourselves over to a, to a smaller community of, of friends who all want to see more of Jesus and help each other see more of Jesus and getting plugged into a, to a, are you a small group or another ministry or a church. I wonder if he might be calling you, if you're already in a small group, to stop giving Sunday school answers and start being real about your sin and your struggle, struggles and your hopes and your fears and your insecurities and the beauty of the grace of Jesus in your life. He wants all of you, and he's inviting you to it. My, my youngest daughter, Betsy, is turning, turning three tomorrow. And uh, for, for weeks, we've been saying, Betsy, are, are you excited about your birthday? And she's like, yes, I'm so excited for my birthday. And then we say, do you want to be three years old? And she says, no, I want to be two forever, and starts to cry. This, happens every, this happened every time for weeks and weeks. And it's only in the past like four days that Caroline, during an intense conversation, that's my four-year-old, they had during bath time where Caroline convinced her somehow that it's, it's cool to be actually three years old. But she, she wanted the birthday without turning another year older. And like you and I know that you can't have one without the other, that they go together, right? Tonight is, is the invitation that if you have been wanting some aspects of Christianity to, to feel good about the ideas that you have, to have your values affirmed, to have the kind of purpose and hope that comes with it, to have the community that comes with it, but you have been resisting the king. Tonight is the night to say, I'm not going to have one thing and not the other. I'm not going to have this kingdom on my terms. I want it on Jesus' terms, which means I want Jesus, who proclaims himself to be your king because he loves you, and who delights to reveal himself to you because he loves you and who promises you because he loves you that every time that we seek him, we will find him. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, that is a wonderful promise that to those who have more will be added. And I pray that would be us. I pray that that would be in our hearts, that we would be those who would want to seek you and to see your face and that we would experience you like the lamp on the stand, that you would be like the light shining in the darkness of our lives that the darkness has not overcome. Lord, uh, we, we also, we just, we feel the weight that turning to you means dealing with some of the darkness in our own hearts and our own lives. Thank you that you call us gently and you call us with mercy and you call us with love. I pray all this, Jesus, in your name. Amen.